The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. The thread I've been following for the last long while <laughs> has been the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. And um, uh, I've been talking for the last, I don't know how many weeks, maybe five or six weeks, about the um, mindfulness aspect of the Eightfold Path. So we've been exploring wise mindfulness, right mindfulness, through exploring the Buddhist teachings on mindfulness. So I've been going through the, uh, the Buddha's main teaching on that subject, the Satipatthana Sutta, which is his main teaching on meditation instructions, or one of his main teachings on meditation instructions in the discourses of the Buddha. And it's mindfulness meditation that he's offering here. And so I've talked about, uh, there's four foundations of mindfulness, and I've talked about the first three, and today I'd like to talk about the fourth sum, but to do that, I want to kind of overview, give a perspective of the instructions on mindfulness as a whole. Um, I think it'll be easier to, um, to go in and uh, explore an overview of the fourth foundation um, by kind of seeing where it fits in the whole picture of mindfulness. That's what I'm going to start with, yes. <laughs> so, the four foundations of mindfulness are, just as an overview, are the first is the body. The second is feelings. Uh, whether things are pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. The third is looking at the mind, how the mind is responding to our experience. And the fourth is uh, looking at our experience through the perspective of some of the teachings that the Buddha offered. So these first three, um, you know, we've talked about looking at bodily experience. So this first, the first foundation, looking at awareness of being mindful of what's happening in our bodies, the physicality of the body. There are instructions in the foundation of the body that talk about paying attention to breathing, which is a bodily experience. So just noticing the sensations of breathing. Instructions about noticing posture, whether we're standing or walking or sitting or lying down, just really simply being aware of what is our body doing. There are instructions about noticing kind of a more elemental level of our experience. Um, and I talked about this at length on one, um, one day, so I'll just kind of briefly talk about what I mean by elemental. Um, in the Buddha's day, they understood that the building blocks of the universe were earth, air, fire, and water. And so the Buddha um, looked at his own bodily experience and found that in his body, the experiences could be seen through this perspective of earth, air, fire, or water. So looking at our experience through the perspective of, of earth means looking at the, the body's heaviness or um, weight or density or uh, solidity, firmness, that kind of experience. Then um, air is kind of the movement element, the movement aspect of our experience. The... Um, the, the way our body moves, I mean, just that movement of my hand is, is considered motivated by air element. And then all sensations of movement. So the rising and falling of the abdomen, the expansion and contraction of the, the lungs, the, um, uh, any sensations of, of vibration or tingling or pulsing, those would all be air element. Then... Um, Fire element is the experience of temperature, heat, coolness. And water element is the experience of moisture, fluidity, flow. Also said to include cohesion, kind of stickiness. Um, so, you know, you can feel that. I can just feel that now, putting my hands together. 
um, pressing my hands together, you might try this, and then slowly pulling them apart, you might feel a little stickiness in your palms if your palms have a little bit of moisture on them. If if they're not sticking, (gasps) blow into them. And then you'll have that, you might feel a little bit of that stickiness as you pull your palms apart. That's a manifestation of water element. And it is the moisture that creates that stickiness. So that's one way that the moisture, the water element is experienced through that feeling of stickiness. You also can experience it obviously with perspiration, with tears, saliva, that kind of thing. Um, Then um, there's uh, another aspect of the body which talks about just being aware of what you're doing. So are you coming or going? Are you extending or bending your limbs? Are you uh, defecating, urinating, (laughs) talking, remaining silent, eating? These Actually, I don't know if eating's in there. Eating might not be in there. Um, uh, but these, these things are, you know, it's just basically, when whatever you're doing, whatever activity you're doing, be aware, be mindful. And then uh, there is another set of contemplations, uh, explorations of the body, which is kind of more of a reflective practice, a, a mental practice of... Um, Oh, and I forgot one. I'll talk about that one first. Then there's looking at, this too is kind of a reflective practice, exploring that our bodies are made up of various parts. And they list 32 parts. There's head hairs, body hairs, nails, teeth, skin, muscles, sinew, um, um, ligaments, there's uh, bones, there's fluids, there's urine, there's blood. And so just kind of listing all of these parts of the body and reflecting that this body is composed of these parts. Again, I think of that as a kind of a reflective practice, although I think that if you uh, explore this deeply, I've not done this, but that you might be, again, to get a sense of, like, for instance, bones, you might get a sense of the solidity of the bones themselves. I can feel that just somewhat sitting here, the sense of the, you know, just contemplating on the fact that the bone, there are bones in my body. I feel a sense of the, the solidity and firmness of that structure so that it can become a little bit more experiential, I think. And then there's a contemplation in the body around... Uh, Stages of a corpse in decay. The instruction is to contemplate as if you were in a cemetery or a, a charnel grounds, which is what they had at the time of the Buddha, and thinking about reflecting on uh, a person whose body has just been put there, what it might look like, and then over a couple of days as it decays, what happens to that body. So that's one of the contemplations also. So in the, the experience of the body, or the explorations of the body, uh, I think there's a couple of purposes in mind. One is to come into contact with our actual experience so that we are uh, knowing what's happening in our bodies right here and now. And various different ways into this, through the breath, through um, the elemental experience, through posture, etc. Another Another um, aspect of this exploration of the body has to do with uh, recognizing or learning that this body is simply a body. It's just, it's not me, it's not mine. It's uh, subject to change, it's subject to death, it's subject to illness, it's subject to decay. This body, and the, the re- part of the reflection in the stages of decay, in, in fact, is to reflect on, this is going to happen to my body as well. This body of mine is not immune to that decay. It will happen at some point. So this contemplation can help us to, to recognize that this body is just a, is made of stuff, you know, it's not me, it's not mine, it's not who I am, it's just body. So the, um, hang on a second, the, this exploration of uh, body, I think of as having those two main points, coming into present moment experience and having that help to uh, 
break the hmm, uh, stickiness or attachment we have about this body being me or mine or who I am. I was just wondering. Um, Why don't we use the mics? Uh, I think it needs to be turned on. Um, when you were saying that, what came to mind for me was that the body's just temporary, it's transient. Yes. Is that? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it, it has come into being through conditions, causes, come into being through uh, processes. You know, the joining of an egg and a sperm started the process for each of us. And before that, this body didn't exist. It came into being. And it will fall back into the stuff of the universe. It was one reflection that a friend of mine made. You know, that at some point the universe was simply... You know, there's the Big Bang, right? You know, there was the, just the stuff of the universe or the elements, the, all of that stuff. And then the stars were formed and, and the stars cr- started creating heavier, denser elements. And then, and then the planets created and, and then this, you know, more elements, water, that started to come together and then beings were created and... My friend said, I don't know, quite know how he gets the, the number here, but he says, we are fourth generation stardust. And that's what we are made of. You know, that essentially, you know, the, we, every, every aspect of our being was forged, every particle of our being was forged in a star originally. That's kind of an interesting reflection to make, you know, it's like the, this body, and that's, I think that's the contemplation on the elements, this body is just made up of the elements of the universe, it's not me, it's not mine, at death it will return to the elements of the universe. So there's that perspective, looking at our experience from that perspective, and then the second foundation is mindfulness of feeling. And this is, this is a simpler contemplation. That first mindfulness of the body is a, is a more complex exploration. There's all these different ways to look at the body. Mindfulness of feeling is um, just looking at, are things pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant? So a really simple like lens on our experience. And this, this begins to bring me to one of the reasons why I wanted to review this, you know, review the four foundations, that um, the way, one of the ways I understand these four foundations is that each foundation, so there's the foundation of the body, which encourages us to look at what's happening in our body moment to moment. Then there's this foundation of feeling, which encourages us to, to reflect on, to experience, to meet our experience, to be aware of our experience through a perspective of whether experience is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So really kind of simplifying there. So that essentially what I see the Buddha doing is he's pointing us to various aspects of our experience and helping us to recognize that it's helpful to be mindful of these things. That that to bring not just mindfulness to kind of, um, not to, uh, the the term satipatthana could be translated as establishment of mindfulness. It's often translated as foundation, but um, some translators kind of make a per- persuasive suggestion that establishment is a is a, a good translation of that term, establishment of mindfulness. And so the Buddha is suggesting we establish mindfulness, we uh, uh, explore the 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 creation of the state of mindfulness or the exploration of mindfulness on these kind of, um, through these perspectives. So through the perspective of the body, not the body as me or mine, but through the perspective of the body as flow, as change, as elements. Then through this perspective of feeling, looking at what's happening in our experience in terms of whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So this second foundation is really simple. 
just meeting every experience that we have, every single experience, no matter whether it's a sight, a sound, a smell, a taste, a bodily sensation, or something happening in our minds. Hang on a second, I'll finish this, th- this thought. Uh, or something happening in our minds, whether a thought or an emotion. Um, every single experience, no matter what, has this quality of feeling associated with it. So any experience that we're having, at all, can be seen through this perspective. It's like we're taking, taking a, a lens on our experience. And we're saying, let's look at our experience, every moment of experience, through this lens for a little while. So, right now there's the sense of dryness in my mouth, and that's a little bit unpleasant. Makes it a little hard to speak. There's the sensation of my hands. And there's a coldness on my hands. And the coldness is unpleasant. But the, um, the feeling of the hands, the touch, the, the lightness of touch on my leg, that's pleasant. Then there's the kind of mind, or the, the, you know, the mind is kind of reflecting on this whole process of what, what is the experience of feeling. And the mind itself right now is feeling pretty neutral. It's this thinking about what's pleasant, what's unpleasant. That itself, that thinking about feels pretty neutral. So whatever's happening in our experience, we can look at it through this perspective. Likewise, whatever's happening in our experience, unless you're in very, very refined states of concentration, there will be bodily experience. In very refined states of concentration, it's said that the experience of the body can disappear. And I've experienced the experience of sections of my body disappearing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I was doing walking meditation and it's like my legs are gone. <laughs> I had to look down to see whether my legs were still there. I mean, it actually felt like there was nothing there. Nothing there. So you know, there, there are times when the experience of the body falls away from our uh, moment-to-moment experience. But in general... In our experience, we can see experience through the perspective of body as well. You know, we can recognize the body. How is it disposed? Is it standing, sitting, walking, lying down? How about the breath? How does the breath feel? So there's always, there's, you know, the breath is coming and going most of the time. You know, we can feel that. And again, it's said that in certain states of concentration, the breath can fall away. But... Most of the time we do have this perspective of body that we can meet our experience with. So I think of these foundations as each being kind of a perspective that we establish mindfulness from a perspective or from a... um, around a certain... um, set of experiences. And it's not excluding any experience at all. It's just looking at that experience from this point of view. So whatever happens in our mind, you know, it might be anger. Anger arises in the mind. Generally, that's felt as unpleasant. So seeing that experience from the perspective of unpleasant, as opposed to from the perspective of, I'm so angry at that person and this is what they did and here's why I need to get back at them. And so rather than seeing that experience of anger through that perspective of me and mine and what I need to do and who I need to get back at, the encouragement is to, through the body, you might notice, how does this anger impact the body? Tightness in the stomach, clenched throat, heat in the face, a rising pressure in the body. That would be exploring that experience through foundation of the body. Noticing the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral aspect to it. Generally unpleasant. So this, this, uh, these foundations of mindfulness don't exclude anything, but they encourage us to take a particular perspective on what's happening. Of course, the sense doors. I 
you know, I think you answered it, but um, more and more I'm, I'm paying attention to the idea of coming to my senses, mm -hmm. <laughs> quite literally, and teaching others to do the same. And I um, and there's so many categories in Buddhism, <laughs> but sometimes I think can, I can hone down on it by just coming to my senses, uh -huh. meaning uh -huh. um, the fact that we are born to have senses, so that we know that we're absolutely nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. This yeah. instruction yeah. is in the fourth foundation. Oh, is it? It's in the fourth foundation. Yeah, so, but, but, but that's a good question. I mean, it seems like it would be related to the body. Yeah. But the, sense, the exploration around the senses includes not only the senses of body. I mean, so there's the body. It includes how the senses are experienced. So it includes the eye, the sight, and the consciousness of that. And then any hindrances that would arise around that, any, any clinging that would arise around that. So it's, it's broader than just body in the exploration of the, of the senses. And the senses in Buddhism also includes the, the sixth sense, the sixth sense door of the mind as well. So that particular teaching is found in the Satipatthana Sutta, but it's in the fourth foundation. So that that'll give you a, that gives you a preview of, of the fourth foundation. Hopefully, I'll get there. <laughs> um, so this was part of the part of the thing I really wanted to explore was this looking at experience from these perspectives. So perspective of body, perspective of feeling. The third foundation is the perspective of mind, and the instructions in the sutta. And this is what I talked about two weeks ago. Um, the instructions are to notice, the first half of it is, is to notice whether there is basically greed, aversion, or delusion is in the mind or not. So just noticing that um, from that perspective, you know, what's happening in the mind around greed, aversion, and delusion. And this is a, a really helpful exploration because greed, aversion, and delusion are kind of the core ways that we suffer. You know, we struggle when we want things to be a certain way and they're not. We, we struggle when we hold on to things and they slip out of our grasp because they're impermanent. We struggle when we want to push things away because they're unpleasant. That very pushing away, that very aversive quality itself has an unpleasant feeling. And there's usually a reactivity that's born in that. So, and then there's delusion, which is a whole talk in itself, um, which I think I've done in this class at some point, but uh, maybe I'll get to it another time. Um, so the, the recognizing of these like filters on the mind, I talked about this a couple of, of weeks ago, that we carry around through our experience. There's not only what's happening in our experience, but how we relate to it. So there is the coldness on my hands. And then there might be a sense of, aversion or a sense of wanting to warm them up you know so so there's there could be just a very slight even reactivity you know just a, a, a little slight sense of it's not okay that my hands are cold that's kind of a, a filter on our experience so the in the third foundation i see the buddha as instructing us to check back as not only what's happening in our experience what we're noticing but how are we relating to it? What is our uh, relationship to our experience? So there's that exploration of mind. And again, every experience will have some kind of relationship to what's happening. It may be that uh, that relationship is balanced, equanimous. So it, it, it may not feel like there's much of a relationship, partly because the sense of balance and equanimity is um, uh, often a... Uh, it's a subtle experience that we may not have a, a, pretty, a good hold on or a good sense of. Um, so the, you know, the, every single, like, like every single experience has a feeling tone associated with it, every single experience has some relationship to it. And the, the, in the text, the Buddha lays out, well, is greed present or absent? Is aversion present or absent? 
is delusion present or absent? Just those, just one of those, in fact, is greed present or absent? Every single moment of our experience could be looked at from that one perspective. In a moment of experience, greed is either present or it's not present. In a moment of experience, aversion is either present or not present. And so again, this is looking at whatever's happening through this perspective of greed, aversion, delusion. And there's a little more in that exploration. He talks also about whether we're contracted around something or distracted, not able to connect. And he also talks about exploring when the mind is settled down, when the mind is present, when there's not that um, aversive reaction present, to begin to explore the state of mind itself, how concentrated it is. I won't go into that so much right now, but he, 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 he doesn't simply look at just presence or absence of um, these difficult states of mind. He also encourages to look at presence or absence of some very beautiful states of mind in that exploration of mind. So again, this is a perspective he's encouraging to, us to take on our experience. So the first foundation I see as helping us to first come into the present moment. Body is a great place to begin to do that. It's a pretty obvious experience. And it um, also helps us to begin to disidentify with our experience. Second foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of feeling, starts to help us to see this if we can begin to check into pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, we start to see that that experience of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral is kind of where our leaping into reactivity comes from. So when something is unpleasant, we tend to not like it, we tend to want to get rid of it, we tend to want to push it away, we tend to maybe get angry about it, and it, it can spiral even into aversion. And so we begin to see that uh, that basic feeling tone, which is present in every moment of experience, is a really helpful perspective to bring to our experience because it helps us to see how our reactivity is born. Then this third foundation, this perspective of uh, looking at whether greed is present or absent, aversion is present or absent, Delusion is present or absent. Again, it's pointing to those places, those ways that we end up suffering, end up struggling, the end, end up creating, uh, our mind ends up creating suffering for us by responding to experience in these ways. You know, that it's, it's actually quite, I mean, we don't, we don't generally feel so much that we are that, that our own suffering is our own cr- construction. I mean, that's a kind of an insight that we start to have. Um, now, it's not, that, it's not that there's not things out there in the world that um, are impinging on us and that, in, from a societal perspective, need to change. I'm thinking of, like, you know... Racism, sexism, homophobia, all of those things that people suffer around. People suffer around because they can't get jobs or um, they're kind of subtly repressed or so many different ways they they can't, you know, they can't get health care for their partners. I mean, so many different ways that suffering manifests. So there is real thing. there are real things happening that, create struggle for us. And there is the possibility of, I mean, a, a lot of our, our difficulty with those situations comes not from the situation itself, but from how we uh, react to the situation. The anger we have, the the feeling of not being seen, all, all of that, you know, the, that that is happening in our minds and is adding to our burden. So the, you know, the exploration here is 
can I be with my experience in a non-reactive way? Not to simply say, oh, well, whatever happens, that's okay. But to respond from a place of balance, of open-heartedness, a place of compassion and caring. I look at Gandhi as being like the, the real, Gandhi and Martin Luther King as being the real demonstrators of the possibility of carrying an open heart into this kind of challenge in society. That coming from the perspective of love, open-heartedness, and compassion, taking action from love, open-heartedness, and compassion instead of from anger, from hostility, from hatred. That that, that uh, perspective from the, the Buddhist understanding, that perspective serves us internally as well as externally. That when we hold anger in our hearts, it harms us. It not only harms, you know, it not only can create harm outwardly, but it it creates a burden inside of us. And so the exploration is letting go of the burdens that we hold like that. So the, that's, you know, in the terrain of mindfulness of mind is beginning to see how our own minds participate in how we suffer. So again, every single moment of experience, there is some relationship that our mind has to it. So we can look at our experience. So again, anger. So anger is arising. Well, let's pick something else. Um, happiness is arising. Let's, <laughs> let's pick something more pleasant. So happiness is arising right now. So happiness is arising. There is the bodily, so for each of these foundations, there's the bodily experience that comes with that, perhaps a lightness. Uh, there's often a pleasant feeling that's associated with happiness. And sometimes with happiness there can be, you know, what's our relationship to happiness? It can be many, many things. It could be, uh, it could be that we want it to continue, that we feel like I've arrived, I've figured this out, I'm never going to be unhappy again, with a kind of a clinging to that. And, or it might be, in, as in my case, I found at one point, I was completely unaware that I was happy, completely deluded about happiness, until I began, I mean, I saw my mind kind of racing into the future with a kind of a restless energy and trying to come back, pay attention to hands on the steering wheel, okay, pay attention, and my mind would race out, and at some point it's like, well, what's going on here? What else is happening? Checking into the mind oh, there's happiness happening. So delusion was my relationship with happiness. You know, I just did not even see it. I was so focused on that. I mean, when I looked back at it, it's like that spinning out energy was like, oh, i got to tell this person that and this person that and, you know, trying to construct the world so that this happiness or this happiness that I didn't even know was there would continue. So, again, every experience can be seen from these perspectives. Any, any single experience could be seen from any one of these perspectives. Any single experience could be seen even from a very small portion of some of these perspectives, like the presence or absence of greed, for example. So... That notion of perspective, I think, will come in uh, as a helpful model to begin to understand what we can think or explore the, the teaching of the fourth foundation to be. It's a little bit strange, in a way, and even very recently, I mean, even within the past um, you know, 20 years or so, what people sometimes thought was, or taught was, well, the first foundation is the body, the second foundation is pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, the third foundation is, is, is the mind, uh, what our relationship to experience is, and the fourth foundation is, well, well, that's everything else. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't very clear, you know, people weren't very clear about what the fourth foundation was. So there's been quite a bit of reflection on this in the past 20 years or so. 
and some good research and some good reflection, looking at the texts, and um, some, some very interesting thoughts, explorations, reflections on what this fourth foundation might mean. I want to set that caveat out there because this is just the perspective that's being explored right now. <laughs> you know, who knows what, <laughs> what the Buddha actually meant. Um, but we can take these instructions and, uh, and, and learn from it. And I've seen that this perspective that I'm going to offer you has been helpful for me. So the fourth foundation is called mindfulness of dhammas. And I'm using the Pali word dhamma here because um, there's many ways of understanding what dhamma means. So mindfulness of dhammas, basically in its broadest sense, dhamma simply means experience. Mindfulness of experience. At, a, at another uh, level, kind of related to that mindfulness of experience, dhamma also means truth. So the, the truth of experience. And this, to me, this brings in, um, so there's the experience. For instance, just as an example, you know, there's the sensations of my hands. There's a sensation of touching, you know, the contact the pressure, the vibration, the coolness, the pulsing, the experience of hand. You might explore for yourself right now. What is your experience? If you don't, just, just feel into the experience of hand. There's lots of different sensations there. And then there's the idea of hand. If you look at your hand, you know, think about it as a hand. You know, that's bringing a concept in. Now, we don't experience hand. We experience pulsing, tingling, vibration, coolness. Our body doesn't experience hand. Our mind constructs the idea of hand. So this kind of touches into this notion of um, experience as truth, that, it, um, that we recognize experience um, kind of without an overlay of views, opinions, ideas, agendas. This, this may be one of the pieces that this sutta is, that this aspect, mindfulness of dhammas, is pointing to, that we uh, come into the contact with experience as truth, experience as uh, not filtered by ideas, views, opinions, uh, agendas. So there's that meaning of Dhamma. Then a third meaning of Dhamma is the Buddha's teachings themselves. That's what the Buddha taught, how the Buddha understand uh, reality and the way he presented it, so his his teachings it, themselves. So um, with those three meanings coming together, just to keep that in mind, um, the fourth foundation of mindfulness offers five different explorations of experience from different perspectives of the Buddhist teachings. So. The first three foundations I look at is kind of different, different perspectives on our experience itself. So we look at, you know, the, the body. We look at the physicality of the body. We look at the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral aspect of experience. We look at the mind. So I think of the first three foundations as being kind of the grounding in getting familiar with all of the stuff that's happening in our bodies and minds, in a way. You know, just the fact of you know, being present for the bodily mental processes. And then in the fourth foundation, the Buddha brings in a new set of perspectives. He says, now take all of your experience and start looking at it from, first of all, the perspective of the five hindrances. Five hindrances being lust, uh, uh, ill will, 
um, or sense desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and doubt. And the Buddha suggests, notice presence or absence of sense desire. Notice presence or absence of ill will. Presence or absence of sloth and torpor. So that this, again, this perspective, this, even one of those, in any moment of experience, we could see, is, uh, is sense desire present or absent? Every moment of experience, one of those two will be true. So we could look at our, our experience from that perspective. So, so looking at these, I'll just name these five categories of, of exploration now, and then... Um, I won't go into much detail on all of these, but um, I'll come back and talk a little bit more about kind of the, what I see as the overview of what this fourth foundation is. So there's the hindrances, looking at our experience from the perspective of the, the hindrances. And then, then looking at our experience through the perspective of bodily and mental processes. The... Um, the Buddha identified five bodily and mental processes. There's body, there's feeling, there's perception, there's uh, intend, intending, how we intend to do things, and then there's knowing or consciousness. And so look, essentially every part of our experience, you know, in a moment of experience, those five processes come together to, to create what's happening. And so the Buddha suggests, look at your experience from the perspective of those five processes. The third uh, list he suggests is the sense bases that Carla asked about. So looking at our experience through the perspective of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and stuff happening in the mind. And then the, the f- fourth one is looking at our experience through the perspective of the seven factors of awakening, which are five beautiful qualities that arise as we, as our mind settles down. And so this list really complements, in a way, the, the hindrances. And the hindrances we look at, well, is sense desire present or absent? Is ill will present or absent? So our focus, our, our kind of lens we're looking at things through is the presence or absence of the hindrance itself. And we're noticing, okay, the hindrance, well, the hindrance is absent, okay. There can be a good feeling when the hindrance is absent. Oh, the hindrance is present. Okay, what is that? How does that feel when that hindrance is present? The seven factors, it's again looking at the presence or absence of these factors, and the seven factors are beautiful qualities of mind that um, happen to us as our mind settles down. So as the hindrances fall away, these qualities naturally begin to arise. Uh, Mindfulness, investigation, Energy, rapture, calm, concentration, and equanimity. And so this aspect of the Sutta asks you to look at, is mindfulness present or absent? Is energy present or absent? Is calm present or absent? Is concentration present or absent? So again, looking at the presence or absence of these beautiful qualities, but again, from the perspective more of the beautiful quality. So... You know, as the mind settles down in the, uh, in the meditation, as the hindrances begin to fall away, we might notice, well, the absence of sense desire, the absence of ill will. And then from the perspective of looking at the uh, seven factors, we might begin in that space of seeing the absence of sense desire, the absence of ill will. We might begin to see the presence of mindfulness, the presence of calm, the presence of joy. The presence of concentration. So again, each each of these exercises is framed to be a complete meeting of experience. So we could simply look at our experience. Is is, um, joy present or absent? Any moment of experience, joy will be present or absent. Again, this perspective, the Buddha is suggesting that these perspectives are helpful. The fifth perspective is looking at experience from the perspective of the Four Noble Truths. Is this suffering that's happening right now? Is this the cause of suffering? Is this wanting? Is this craving? Is this the ending of suffering? 
that is happening right now? Or is this the cultivation of qualities that support the ending of suffering? So again, I'd like to propose that any moment of experience you can meet or see from one of these perspectives. Whatever's happening in your experience will fall into one of those four uh, noble truths. You can see experience from this framework of the four noble truths. So this fourth foundation, the way I understand it, is so we've gone through the first three where we begin to get a sense of being able to be with our experience and recognize what's happening. And then the Buddha suggests, and these are some particular uh, ways to look at experience that are really helpful for freedom, for letting go of suffering, for understanding cause and effect, for understanding the truths of impermanence, of unreliability, of not-self. These perspectives of looking at experience through the framework of hindrances, five aggregates, or the body and mind processes, the sense bases, the seven factors, and the uh, four noble truths, these are really helpful perspectives from which to see or explore our experience. Each of these exercises also includes an interesting exploration. So, for instance, with the sense bases, um, it, it suggests that you recognize that there's the, um, the sense, there's the sense base, so there's the eye, there's the sight, there's the knowing or the consciousness of that. And then it suggests recognizing the tendency for clinging to be born based on that sight or sound, or smell, or taste, or touch, or mind object. So to notice the, the, the tendency for the mind to, ooh, I like that sight, or ooh, I don't like that sight. So to notice the kind of clinging that's born around our sense base. And then to explore a little bit about, and how does that um, uh, clinging come to be? How does that clinging fall apart? So the exploration in the fourth foundation is not only about just meeting experience, but it's also about looking at causes and conditions that come together to create our experience and causes and conditions that come together to have our experience fall apart. So the, the fourth foundation really brings the cause and effect perspective to the fore. It highlights it. It's there in the other foundations as well. It is mentioned in the other foundations, but it's really highlighted in this fourth foundation. So um, as a whole, I see the foundations of mindfulness as being, um, you know, like as, as Carla said, you know, right now she's seeing it's really helpful to use this perspective of the sense basis. That one's really resonating for her right now. Just coming to, to her senses, recognizing this is sense experience. So I think that the the Buddha offered all of these approaches not so that we have to do them all and become experts in all of them, but because at various times of our lives certain perspectives will resonate with us more. And there will be, uh, there may be a, a, a kind of a way in for you to explore your experience based on this variety of perspectives that the Buddha offers to explore experience. For a period of time, I spent a long time just exploring the body. And then feeling became very, very predominant for me. And that was really helpful. Now the mind is one of my main explorations. Along with the fourth foundation, I'm really gaining an appreciation for the fourth foundation as I practice. So the, um, I, I see the entirety of the Satipatthana Sutta as being skillful ways to meet our experience. To look at our experience from these perspectives will help to lead us to letting go of the way we identify with our experience, letting go of the ways we hold on to experience, hoping it to be, this is what's going to do it for me, even if it's only for two minutes. I want this to do it for me for two minutes. So that it, it, these perspectives that are offered in the Satipatthana Sutta are 
ways that we begin to let go of the ways that we cling, the ways that we identify. We begin to understand the impermanent nature of experience, the unreliable nature of experience, and the ephemeral, coreless, or, or not-self nature of experience. So, wow, it's 10.58. <laughs> so, yeah, and would you pass the mic back? There's one right in front here. short summary of how Buddhism understands the concept of delusion. How is that understood? Of delusion? Yes. Uh, the very short summary I could give of that is that, I mean, there is, there is a kind of delusion that is um, not connecting with experience, a kind of spacing out around experience, um, just not being, being there. So lack of awareness, lack of mindfulness is a form of delusion. That's one form. It's not the most insidious form. The most, I think that one of the most insidious forms of delusion is that we are present, we are aware of what's happening, and yet we are seeing things through a view, through a perspective, through an agenda, and are not aware of that agenda. We're not aware of our agenda of wanting to be the best meditator in the room, or we're not aware of our agenda to um, need to be seen all the time, or we're not aware of our agenda to um, want to be right. And these agendas really drive how we interact in the world. So we're, we may be perfectly aware of what's going on and completely oblivious to these agendas and that's a form of delusion so then there's like with with for instance greed that that notion of wanting to have this thing thinking it's going to do it for me the delusion of greed is that we believe it's going to do it for us so greed itself contains a delusion the greed itself is a kind of reaching out the wanting to have the wanting the pleasant hit the delusion of that is believing it's going to make me happy, that that is going to be the way to happiness. So there's, there's uh, many ways that delusion functions in that kind of filters, the filters that we apply to experience. And I don't have time to do a whole talk on that right now, but um, I can revisit that topic in the, in the, in the coming, after I'm back in March, I can revisit it in, in March. <laughs> it's very juicy. <laughs> so we need to stop. Thank you. And I will see you in about a month. <laughs>